0: Ever feel like it's a long road? Ever have conversations with yourself? <laughs> that song I felt like uh, our higher selves, that God spark, can have those conversations and feel and and the places that we stay in our minds can feel deserted by that part of us that knows better sometimes. As most of you know, I grew up Southern Baptist. My family was very active in church. I spent several hours each Sunday morning, each Sunday evening, and each Wednesday at church Singing, listening, and learning. I'm grateful for all those hours. Honestly, I'm very often grateful for the foundational faith that I've developed over the years, that I developed through those years. though I've traveled quite some distance from my earlier understandings and would no longer feel comfortable there, I was given tools that have continued to serve me throughout my life. Because of all that time, with some frequency, a once memorized verse of Christian scripture will float through my mind. Not the same one all the time, but different ones come and go. Um, they kind of stick around till I have a chance to look at them, twist them and turn them and decide whether they fit or not. in my current understanding. As I reflected on music that was presented at this summer's General Assembly of Unitarian Universalists in Phoenix, one song in particular called Life Calls Us On. Life calls us on. And as I reflected over the course of study that the district ministers uh, shared at our annual gathering winter gathering year before this, called "Whose Are We?" As I thought about the process of discernment that this congregation is in right now, a couple of different verses started to their circular flight around my head Um, one was uh, this needs to come down a little bit it's about to feed back Um, and I don't know why they show up particularly or um, what it is that makes certain things come to mind but one of them was behold I stand at the door and knock That's from the book of Revelation in the Christian Testament. Another one that came to mind was um, Knock and it shall be opened unto you, which is in both Matthew, the books of Matthew and Luke in the Christian Testament. And it doesn't take long of me playing with two verses about. Knocking someplace before I come up with knock knock. <laughs> I um, thought, oh, okay, well, for this sermon, I'll just come up with a real quick knock knock joke, you know, to to open things. And so I went on the internet and looked for Unitarian Universalist knock knock jokes because <laughs> we're pretty good at making fun of ourselves, but and so are other people. Um, And I looked at one site and didn't see anything that was interesting. And the next site, the heading was Unitarian Universalist Knock Knock Jokes. I opened it up, and it gave my computer malware. I thought, pretty good joke. They have us pegged. Don't go there. Unitarian Universalist knock-knock jokes. Not a place you want to go. For two days, my computer was shut down. But still, there's knocking. She's singing. There's There's a man named Harvey Cox who is one of the United States' preeminent theologians for many years. He was a a professor at the Harvard School of Divinity, and he retired in 2009. Um, He's done books and studies about how, how different faiths might be in dialogue, and he was coming from a Christian perspective on this. And at one point he was recounting Uh, the fact that though he goes into these conversations, these dialogues with other traditions, trying to be respectful of them and honor only the things they have in common, or at least start building from the things that, that they have in common, in most instances, the people from those other traditions want to ask him questions about their position on Jesus. In the same chapter of the book, uh, Many Mansions, which is about some of these dialogues, he he talks about how, you know, at one point, all over town, I guess all over the country, there were bumper stickers that said, I found it. You remember those? Yeah. That was... Um, people from various Christian traditions saying that they had found the answer to life that they they sought. In response to that, Jewish communities put out a bumper sticker that said, we never lost it. (laughs) Which, in a whole lot of ways, is significant to the the christian story because without the jewish foundation their their story has no root. He also talked about a unitarian that put on his car bumper a sticker that said i'm still looking and was very proud of that bumper sticker. Well, in our tradition we talk about the search for truth. The quest for truth. We talk about spiritual growth and encouragement to spiritual growth. These things are in our principles. The things that we covenant with each other to affirm and promote. Or that our association of, of congregations covenants to affirm and promote. It's in our unison affirmation. In our sources, we talk about direct, the first source that's listed in our sources is direct experience of the transcending mystery affirmed in all cultures that moves us to a renewal of the spirit and an openness to the forces which create and uphold life. Quest, growth, renewal, openness, none of these sound like standing still to me. I once took a graduate course that was offered at LSUS from the then-rabbi of Bene Zion. It was a graduate course in uh, mysticism, if you can believe that they would teach that at lsu As part of the course, Rabbi Matchison explained that often it's easier for people to actually have experiences of the transcendent if they're following paths that they grew up in. Doesn't mean you have to. Doesn't mean that's the only way that people come to participate with something that's mysterious and larger and, and in us all the time anyway. But I've mentioned here before, I think the reason that that might be true is that we, in some cases, if we grow up in families that stick with a certain tradition and we're introduced to it early in our lives, there are some of those ideas that are given to us maybe even before we have language. So the idea that the imagery or, or the wonder can exist outside of our critical minds is easier, I think, in those instances. And admittedly, perhaps that's the case with me because in an experience, in my experience, there is something that calls me, that urges me into deeper relationship with it. Behold, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear me and open the door, I will come in. That's what comes next in the book of Revelation. Whether I'm seeking or not, I feel that I'm being sought. My father used to talk about something he called hounds of heaven. And someone, uh, I heard someone mention a book by that name um, just yesterday. I'm not familiar with the book. And I could blame all of this thinking on being cl- tied perhaps too closely to the uh, tradition of my childhood. But when I was taking religious studies at Centenary College, I ran into a radical feminist philosopher, academic theologian, and author. She came to Centenary and spoke to us, named Mary Daly. Now Mary Daly was all of the things that I just said. Radical, feminist, a philosopher, an academic theologian, and an author. And it's a bit ironic that, well, not yet. It isn't ironic yet. <laughs> um, she even published a book that she called the Webster's First New Intergalactic Wickedary because she was trying to get rid of words that put masculine imagery in the foreground. And she didn't like the idea of dictionary. Seriously. A whole book of new words reframing the language so that it didn't make male-dominated sounds even primary in our language. Now, Mary Daly had taught priests, how to be priests, but wasn't allowed to be one. She had been a catalyst in many people's lives because in her book, Beyond God the Father, she talked about the only way that you know what faith is yours is if you get rid of all of the images that you were given. Strip yourself down to the very core essence of you and find faith from there. After reading that book, I did that. So she was a catalyst in my life as well. But Mary Daly stayed angry. She never got past being angry. She was a catalyst for other people. She did a whole lot of meaningful things in the world. But she was never at peace. I threw away all the pictures I had. I threw away the big Santa Claus in the sky. I threw away... um, as much of the guilt as I could and still there was with me something that has never gone away. And I, I don't always feel it, but it always guides me. That may not be your experience. What this that calls me feels like it's calling me to is compassion and love and justice and peace that far surpasses anything that I can get my head around. But in traditions like Hinduism, from the Bhagavad Gita, Arjuna doesn't want to go to war because he believes war is wrong. He's unwilling to answer the call he's receiving, the call to life, the call to duty. And Krishna goes to great lengths to explain to Arjuna why his position is wrong, why his position of pacifism is clinging. Now I know there are a number of people in this congregation and certainly beyond that have a passion for the struggle, that are committed to trying to confront the forces that we're called also in our principles To face. But that call is still there. There is something in every one of us that's our truth that speaks to us from deeper than we can possibly bury it. But we have to be open to it. We can ignore it, certainly. Um, And uh, that's that's the spark, the divine spark. How you feel it, how you experience it, I cannot say. What it means to you, I cannot say. But my purpose here this morning is to ask us not to stop When we reach some conclusion about faith or no faith, something extra or not, what I'm saying is our tradition calls us to continue that journey, continue growing. We've, we sing songs about questioning being an answer, and surely it is. Doubt is a powerful teacher, but saying that questioning is an answer is not saying that questioning is the only answer. We are also called in our tradition to honor the experiences And the truths that other people find in their lives. We don't have to agree. We don't have to participate and we don't have to allow things that stand against our truth to move along without our trying to challenge them. But being respectful, always, of other traditions is something we are called to do as a faith. Truth moves because our capacity to understand it moves. And we see it where we are. Let the river run. Dream. Skepticism is a closed fist. Questioning is an open fist. Open hand. Building a view on a foundation of past disappointments. Finding out there's not a Santa Claus. She's too young to know that. Whether those failures or disappointments are in yourself... Or in others. Building a foundation from that is self-defeating. Of course, every lesson we have learned has brought us to where we are. And this is a good place to be. But it is always incumbent upon us to make meaning from those lessons and to make that meaning something positive in our lives and the world around us. Try on a new look. Paradox abounds. you look marvelous <laughs> in light. There's So much more for us to discover. Always. It perpetually discloses itself to us. It's beautiful, fascinating, filling, challenging. And it does for us all that we cannot do as humans. Knock, knock. You, come on in.